Good morning. Today, as we listen to the Word of God broken up for us, again, it never leaves us where it, it finds us. It always should come into our heart and change us. And it talks about humility. It talks about humbling ourselves before the Lord. It talks about taking care of the poor. And it talks about when we do this, God will lift us up. So those are things we have to focus on. Humility, taking care of the poor, and letting the Lord God lift us up. You know, you've heard it at least 100,000 times from me, I think, when it talks about Augustine. Augustine, when he was asked, what are the three greatest virtues, he said, humility is the first one, humility is the second one, humility is the third one. Humility. Humility isn't going around saying, you know, I'm a sore, I'm a sore, I'm a terrible sore. It's not this false garbage that people call humility and someone says something about you and go, oh no, I'm no good. That ain't what humility is. Humility is accepting reality of who you are and of knowing if your gifts or anything you have all comes from God, it's not yours. You know, it's kind of, it goes to the example of the Blessed Mother. If you go and open your Bibles with me to uh, page 1093 or Luke chapter 1, for those who have few Bibles, it's 1093. For those who have regular Bibles, it's Luke chapter 1, verse 46 and following. This is the Magnificat. This priest, religious people would say, the divine office say this every night for evening prayer. And this is a true, true example of what it means to be humble. Listen to Mary. She says, My soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord. So to be humble, the first thing our soul got to do is proclaim God's greatness and our lowliness. But to proclaim that this is who I am, but my whole being exists here to proclaim the greatness of the Lord. And then it says, my being rejoices in God who is my Savior. So another example of humility is to rejoice in God. And that so we should be people who are rejoicing, not in ourselves, not in the gifts that only He has given us, but rejoicing in God for who He is. He is our Savior. He died for us. He's loved us. He continues. And so I have to think, am I a rejoicing person? You know, again, we all talk about the reality. There might be a hundred good things going good in your life. But there's one thing that's really messing things up. And what do we focus on? The one thing. That's it. You know, and I've gotten a mood or different thing because one person said something to me or something else, and there's a hundred other things that are going well. So a humble person focuses on God and rejoices because of the number one thing we all have, hopefully, salvation. He is my Savior. He has saved me from this life, saved me from my sins, saved me from death, saved me from all these things and given me life. And then, for he has looked on his handmaid's lowliness, and behold, all generations will call me blessed. Now, isn't this interesting? To be an example of humility, she said, everybody forever is going to call me blessed. Whoa, that wouldn't be a very humble person. She was an honest person. Everyone will call me blessed. Not because of her, but why? Because he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. You see what it is? 
We are called to acknowledge the power, the glory, the goodness of God in our lives and and give glory to God for that. And notice people might think we're good or might think we do things well, but give the glory to Him. We don't sit there and say, oh no, because I sit there and say, oh no, that's not me, I'm no good. Then what are we saying? We're saying God's no good. You know, God hasn't done anything with me. God has done great things for me. He has given me great things. And holy is His name is what it has to come out to. And so that we proclaim what God in His mercy has done for us. Not what we have done for God. What God has done for us. And again, if you get that, we have to go back now to the first reading. So keep your finger there and then go to page 702. And this is the first reading from Sirach today. And again, this is Sirach chapter 4, verse uh, 17 and following. But what we want to focus on here, it says, verse 19, which isn't in the reading today. They skipped it. Who knows why? Sometimes these liturgists. <clears throat> 19. For great is the power of God. Great is the power of God. And by the humble, He is glorified. So what happens is we proclaim the greatness of God and when we are humble, we glorify Him. We say, it's all God. It's all God. It's all God. Everything in my life is all God. It's all God. To Him be the glory of everything that I am. But that's the first part. But then we go on to the second part of the Magnificat, and then we'll go into the second reading. After she says, glory to God, and all the glory must be to Him, she goes on to say, our mother, verse 53 or 52 he has thrown down, this is back in Luke chapter 1, He has thrown down the rulers from their thrones, but lifted up the lowly. The hungry is filled with good things, and the rich he has sent empty away. The God is concerned about the hungry. And if we are going to be people who are humble, we need to be concerned about the hungry. And then you go to the Gospel, today's Gospel. huh? Again, it's the same thing. And he talks about when you have, in chapter 14 of Luke, later on, when you have a thing, invite the crippled, verse 13. Rather, when you hold a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind. Blessed indeed will you become their inability to repay you, for you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. So what it happens, if we're going to be humble people, then we don't just sit there. It's not a spiritual lalaness of humility, Oh yeah, I'm real humble. A holy person, a humble person, lives for the poor. Takes care of the poor. Yesterday in the Office of Readings, again, something the priests and nuns and everybody is supposed to read every day. And this is a homily from almost 2,000 years ago by St. John Chrysostom. And he's yelling at his people. I kind of relate. He's a good guy. He's yelling at the congregation. This is one of his homilies. And he's saying, it's great you give great things to the... You know, he's talking about... They're giving gold cups and they're making a lot of stuff for the church. But you're not taking care of the poor. And this is what he says almost 2,000 years, about 1,500 years ago, really. Apply this also to Christ when He comes along the roads to you as a pilgrim looking for shelter. You do not take Him in as your guest. You do not take Him in as your guest. But you decorate floors and walls and capitals of the church of the pillars. You provide silver chains for the lamps in the church. But you cannot bear even to look at that poor man as he lies chained in prison. 
Once again, I am not forbidding you to supply these ornaments for the church. I am urging you to provide these other things as well, and indeed to provide them first. So before you take care of the church's furnishings, you take care of the poor, he's saying. No one has ever been accused for not providing ornaments for the church. But for those who neglect their neighbor, listen to this, talk about hard. But for those who neglect their neighbor, a hell awaits with an inextinguishable fire and a torment in the company of the demons. Do not therefore adorn the church and ignore your afflicted brothers and sisters, for they are the most precious temple of all. That where God dwells is in the poor. The church has held for many years and it's come out with the documents and said, the church must have a preferential option for the poor. That if it gets in there's in front of you a rich person and a poor person, who does the church say we reach out to first? The poor. Because that's the way Christ was. He chose to be poor. So what we're calling to in our own life is, first of all, we have to look at our lives with humility. Second of all, we've got to sit there and think, am I humble enough to realize, do I take care of the poor? Is it part of my daily life? Am I interested in the poor? Do I do things consistently for the poor? And if the answer is no, then what I submit to you in humility is that you're not a follower of Jesus Christ. You go through the motions. You look at Him for what He gives to you. The gifts He gives to you. The peace He gives to you. But to be a Christian means no one can be my follower unless they deny their very self, take up their cross, and follow in my steps. And Jesus' whole life was more concerned about the poor than He was for Himself. So today is the challenge. That I have to humble myself and i got to make sure that I'm consistently taking the care of the poor in my life. And soon, our church, I think, will be doing this a lot. <laughs> because we're probably going to go to a very poor area of Erie. And I know that's a blessing from God. And when we do this, when we become a community that's always concerned about the poor, then God, who is mighty, will lift us up. We do it consistently as individuals, consistently as a parish, consistently as a church. Then we will give glory to God. We will serve Him in the temple that's here, but in the temple of the poor. You got it? You get it? Good. May you know His love today and forever. Amen.